following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern with guaranteed minimum 18-hour overtime. You know, I'm just going to cut this out. Really, all it is is I like bullshit for like two minutes about what it's like to work in Hollywood. But the reality is working in Hollywood is fantastic as much as I pick on it. No, it's probably one of the most fun jobs ever. You just get to create movies and entertainment and create a lifestyle for people to be involved in that makes them happy. I'd like to give a quick shout out. By the way, we have a friend of ours, a friend of the show, Fernando Gonzalez, the Menifee Maniac. He's going to be fighting tonight and he's going to be on the show later today. He is on UFC Fight Pass. You can get it through ESPN Plus or the UFC app itself. Go check it out tonight at 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. That is fabulous. By the way, for those that are new here, I'm Summer Helene. I'm a Hollywood executive with my co-host and sometimes boyfriend when I'm not mad at him, Bear Fjorda. He, he Only when you're not mad at me. Only when I'm not mad he, at you. At any other time, we're solid. He gets on stage in booty shorts and wrestles with men for money. That's that's the best way we can put it out there. Because it's kind of like uh, – almost like being a stripper but without the poles. You just – you get half naked. You move around inside of a small area. People get entertained by you. Occasionally you money bleed, flies. You bleed a little more than strippers. I do bleed a little more than the stripper. And occasionally they throw money into the arena. It's quite nice actually. I like that. I think one of the sadder things going on today is what's going on in the Ukraine. Oh, my goodness. As you're right, we've had a whole week pass since our radio show uh, last week when actually, let's see, it would have just kicked off the day before our most recent episode coming out. And, uh, and to uh, my surprise and to my absolute happiness, uh, Zelensky is still kicking. Still alive and going. I think what shocks the ever-loving shit out of me, I'd like to remind everyone every time we use bad language on this show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Fuck yeah. Um, I think what surprised me is he is an entertainer. So all that nonsense I say in the beginning, like Hollywood doesn't care and blah, 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 he kind of single-handedly disproves that. I mean, this bloke's a comedian. He's a comedian turned politician. He, and he has just risen like you wouldn't believe. The comedy crowd has been so on his side, but mainly making jokes about themselves. Like, I thought I was brave for standing in front of 2,000 people and destroying a heckler. This guy is literally fighting a war. It's amazing. Against an unbeatable force. He's fighting a non uh, a non-winnable battle. But he's fighting like he is going to win this battle. This is very much a David and Goliath moment. And I really, really, really want to see David win. Of course, I think that's kind of the story point of David and Goliath. Oh, absolutely. But unfortunately, I don't see it happening. I wish them the best. I really do. And I want them to win. I wish we can go in there and support them more. Uh, yeah, the, there's a whole nuclear deterrent issue. 
Um, but but when it comes down to it, yeah, I'm I'm gonna put together a GoFundMe to assassinate uh, Vladimir Putin. I think that's the new plan. And now they put it out there. I'm a I'm a target too. You're welcome. Yeah, everyone's everyone's on it. Were you giving now. props to the MMA guys that and the boxing guys and like all the actual fighters that went back to the Ukraine to fight? Oh, absolutely. I think that in fact, anyone who's can and wants to should go and support in any way possible. There are people who are. There are people who are actually paying for bed and uh, bed and breakfasts, Airbnbs over there, and just not showing up. They'll pay for like five, six days in advance. It's sometimes even fourteen dollars USD uh, a night, and they'll pay in advance and not show up. They just have the money, and they can continue to support the refugees, for example, who they'd already have staying at those houses. I think that's wonderful. Oh, it's one of the best things I've seen, and that's some real humanitarianism right there. It's, it's funny you don't see this country pulled together a lot unless it's something actually affecting our country. But I, unless you're uh, an extra a radical on one side or the other, a lot of us are coming together for the support of Ukraine. I'm really happy everyone's coming together for su support of Ukraine, and I really am putting a GoFundMe to assassinate Vladimir Putin. If I can't hire an assassin, the money just goes to Ukraine. Just FYI. But cutting that out—that's what the GoFundMe is for. Um, but but the unfortunate part here is I, I don't want to get caught up in it, but it's amazing the different response from ukraine to like you know the syrian refugee crisis america was a little different this yeah. time yeah absolutely i'm just saying like I'm, I'm not trying to i'm not trying to say it's a racist thing but it's a racist thing um so... i think that quite a few news anchors have actually already accidentally admitted that that's what it's about really uh didn't did they i did a small compilation on like trevor noah's show or whatnot where they're discussing the fact that different people would even one guy actually came out and said it like you know because we have so much support for Ukraine, because it's not, you know, one of those countries that's always in war somewhere down in Africa. I believe, I believe Trump called it a shithole country. A shithole country. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that was Trump. I'm referring to a more recent thing where they had several newscasters. and. Uh... Sweetie, you can put a bow on it, but a pig's still a pig. Oh, yeah. And that no. answer, the answer that some people deserve it and some people don't. Yeah. Still a pig. No, absolutely. Absolutely. What is it? It's, it's... Unfortunately, those people are not going to get fired or let go. No, but it, it is what it is. Um, so let's focus on the good parts. The world has come together and nobody is doing quite enough. So we're doing, what is it? We're doing the best we can under, acceptable under the circumstances. Acceptable under the circumstances. Yeah. That's the best it's way to It's really call it. unfortunate. Speaking of acceptable under the circumstances, you just had an MMA fighter who tried to shoot a pedophile that molested a, a, what looks like it might have been his child and shot somebody else instead. Right. Well, you know, I don't – here's the thing. The MMA community has been so on this guy's side. I feel like a black sheep here when I say that I actually don't support him. And, but here's why. If he had murdered the pedophile who attacked his relative, um, I wouldn't care. I'd be totally on his side. I'd be, I'd be hashtag free Kane all the way. By the way, his name is Kane Velasquez, ex-UFC heavyweight champ. Uh, I'd, and I would fight tooth and uh, tooth and nail. I'd be all over social media. Hey, let this guy out. This should not be a punishment. I don't care what the law says. This has this is going to be OK. And his celebrity status might have been able to pull it off if there's enough public back backlash. But problem is he went out of his way to endanger several dozens uh, of people's lives in a reckless 11 mile car chase down a highway and freeway. He then shot blindly at the other car with his firearm, a 40 caliber firearm. Uh, and hit someone that wasn't even the pedophile. He shot the pedophile's stepdad who was in the seat next to him. Like, not to mention, I saw plenty of comments and people say, you're the ex-UFC heavyweight champion. Just wait till he gets out of the car and beat, beat the him. shit out you're of him. You're right. Like, why like, would what, you what have felt better than you so many missed. other people's lives? So that's where I am. 
And, you know, people are blaming – people are saying, oh, the stepfather deserved to die. Well, you don't know the situation. No one does. You don't know if he knew about his son's activities. All we know is he got a call one day that said his son is in custody for touching little kids. And that's a fucked up thing to hear from a police officer. So you don't know what's going through that man's mind. I don't know. If, if I thought if my kid – like we, we foster a lot of kids. We've fostered kids. We've, we've, we've adopted. Like we, we've brought foster kids in. If one of our foster kids – was accused as an adult yeah. of molesting a child, I would not bail him out. Now, there's that. I am I will agree with you. I would not have gotten him out. If he's in there... Because I think he needs, at that point, he needs more help than I can give him. Absolutely. And I cannot agree with the father pulling him out. But I know we're, I know we're human. And I know that raising a child and making decis- decisions like that is horrible. And if you can... And if some people will get in their head. He's got the wrong guy. It's a false accusation. Someone wants to besmirch my son for whatever reason because I don't want this to be true, and get him out of and get him out of jail. But reality is, he I was put, safer in jail. He was, and I'll put most of the blame actually on the judge because even with the assistant district attorney saying, "Hey, do not let this guy out. Keep him in jail," the judge still gave him the pass to leave. So I'll say this: I blame the judge more than anyone else in the situation. I feel Kane was justified for wanting to murder the guy. I don't care. I don't like how he did it. So I think he deserves the he deserves punishment, punishment because he shot the wrong guy. He deserves punishment for endangering people's people's lives in a car chase and for shooting the wrong guy. Uh, the pedophile deserves a punishment for very fucking obvious reasons. He never should have been let out in the first place. I hope the father heals. And honestly, that judge's uh, wisdom needs to be called into question. It really does. That was a horrible decision to let that guy out. He literally molested this child a hundred different times. And you're, yeah, yeah. Supervised leave from jail. Yeah, that's cool. Get out of here, man. I'll send someone to, to watch you. Actually, the judge sent him home to his mother's daycare center. That's even worse. That, are you kidding me? That's where everything took place. Yep. Yeah, again, three people at fault here. The pedophile, Kane, and the judge. That's where I stand. The pedophile, like, I, I guess where I'm caught is if it wasn't like a, a, a chase and he'd have just shot the guy in the face. Oh, just shot him, cool. beat him with a baseball bat. Like, as long as you hit the right target and Shoved didn't risk anyone else's, his backside, it doesn't matter. Him till he died. It doesn't, it's because you hit the wrong person and caused everyone else's life to be at risk. It was selfish. I know you were emotional, but what you did, what you did was selfish. The reality guess, is he could have ran over. What if he just happened to hit another car on the way there and hit and it killed the child? What if he shot blindly and shot someone else's kid, right? He already did shoot blindly and shoot someone else. Right. That's my point. But what if it was – people can easily say because it's a stepdad, oh, he deserved it. Well, you wouldn't be saying that if it was some random kid in a different car. If he shot blindly and hit some two-year-old in the backseat of someone's car, the problem, hang on, they I think would not the, be on his side. I, I get it. But I'm saying I think the problem in this case is it's such an emotional thing. Yeah. If somebody did that to, to my child or yeah. to yours, like, okay, let's say one of the kids we bring in here, they do that to them. No, again, he deserved what to would die. You do? He deserved to have his life taken. <laughs> he deserved to be, but as TikTok would point. say, unalive. But the problem is he didn't do it. But if it, if it was a four-year-old we had here, one of our little fosters, yes. what would you have done? What would you do if I went out in a murderous rage and killed someone else's four-year-old? I'd murder you. That's my point. He just should I, I have, should have done not, it, but should I'm have done it differently. St- okay, so you agree with him trying to kill the pedophile. Yes, I never disagreed with that. I just think that his methodology was very flawed, and obviously so, because it turned out he got the wrong guy. Okay. So- like, Kane does, Kane does not deserve – if there's any charges related to him trying to kill the pedophile, they need to be dropped. But reckless endangerment, 
manslaughter when it comes to not manslaughter but attempted murder I, i'd say it should be attempted manslaughter realistically i agree um because it wasn't intent to kill a stepdad no it was an accident it, it was, so it, that, that would be accidental yeah so it, anything pertaining to what actually happened fine but anything that has to do with the pedophile should be dropped if it even exists the problem is people don't want people taking vigilante justice i think he's going to get more thrown at him over the pedophile than he is over the dad I'm just saying. Guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back on, we are going to be on with the one, the only, Fernando Gonzalez, the Menifee Maniac. He is fighting tonight. You can watch him on UFC Fight Pass. And Bear, do not... It's tough enough at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, and and Bear is not going to put in a judgment on who's going to win. No, and in fact, um, every time I pick a person to win, they lose. So I pick his opponent. (laughs) Uh, Coconut Bombs is his fight name. (laughs) You're, you're, you're buying coconut bombs. I think that's an excellent plan because I can't wait to see Fernando win this. Exactly. We are going to go to break. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, I'd say, the baddest bear in the cage. But the reality with Fernando on here, he's kind of a teddy bear. <laughs> um, bear Fiora, we'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the guy that is stuck out of fighting and sitting here eating vegan chicken nuggets with tomato sauce, complaining about his life, Bear Fiora. First world problems at their best. (laughs) Especially after Fernando had to go through all that weight cuts. I know. Welcome to the show, Fernando. Everyone at Menifee Maniac here to talk about his career, fighting in general, and hopefully his fight tonight. His fight tonight. tonight, I'm going to say he's going to win, and Bear's not going to say shit. <laughs> so how you doing, man? 
I'm good, brother. I'm good. Just grabbing a bite to eat real quick before we uh, get to business. How'd the weigh-ins go? Oh, the weigh-ins were nuts. Like, we did everything right. We got our weight down. Uh, so I'm at the at the gym on the UFC uh, Fit in Centennial in Las Vegas. They had their own digital scale. We're at 186. And, um, you know, I went, cooled down, relaxed. Uh, so that was like around 10, 11 a.m. Uh, weigh-ins weren't until 3 in the afternoon. Um, we didn't jump on the scale till like probably about 4.30. So we jump on the scale. And actually, before I even took off, I was 184.8 on my scale. So I was like, sweet. And it was dialed into the one that they had over at the gym. I jump on the scale, and we're 186.6. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, hell no. Damn, you're over, that, pound, you know? over a pound and a half at that point. Yeah, so, yeah, so I was like, no, this that's crazy. So uh, I dropped the chonies, 186.2. <laughs> and so we're like, all right, whatever. You know, um, my guy jumps on, 187.9. Uh, so he was like almost two pounds heavy, and he's like, there's no way. And then a couple other guys jump on, same thing. They're about a pound, pound and a half over. And then it just kept fluctuating. One guy uh, that was a pound and a pound and a half, he took off his shorts to make himself lighter, and he was heavier. <laughs> so oh, that's, the that's was off. But um, so after that, we're just like, all right, everybody's it's, it's the scale. So we all just uh, rewrote our contracts. So um, at a catch weight of one eighty eight. Yeah, you'd have to at that point. What the hell? Yeah. What what else? Yeah, are you everybody do? did it. Yeah, that's yeah. Everybody just did it like I think whatever a pound or whatever we were at a pound or two to make sure it was even for everybody. That's that's so jank, but all because their <laughs> scale's messed up. Why didn't they just borrow your scale or something? Yeah, they they could have gone. You can get a digital yeah. scale from Walmart that's really accurate. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look well, they, good. They had right. a digital scale, but they put it on top of like a little platform thing on top of the carpet. Oh, oh so my god, that's so stupid. On everything else? Of course, yeah. Of course it's going to be messed like, up. Okay, but you're yeah, in a room so full of fighters. Every fighter know, could tell you, don't do that. Like, every guy standing there would have just been like, um, that's not going to work, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work, yeah. <laughs> but, they're, you know, they were trying. They were trying to make it look good, but, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work. So, yeah, it was, it was whatever. You know, we, we knew, like, I knew he was pretty much on. I was on. I was under, <laughs> so I was like, "There's no way." I was like, "Did but uh, uh, yeah, it was it was good though. We got it done. That, that's good." As the main event, did you guys have any kind of face off or conversation uh, post weigh in? No, every everything kind of got scrambled when everybody started missing weight. So we just did um, a quick little uh, oh shit, and then <laughs> take your pictures, go ahead, hydrate, and get out of here. You know. Yeah, they're, yeah. They were having to deal with that with with every fighter. So um, I hate when people. I hate when let companies it, let everybody go. I hate when stuff like that happens. When companies don't have their shit together, I'm just saying. Like you have one job. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Fernando's so hey, chill well, about at everything. Least, at, like, at least eh. we're at least we're fighting, so that's the only thing that matters. We we got it done, and we'll be able to get in there and scrap it out. So that, that that's the main the main thing. I like that. I do want to give a quick shout out. I know uh, Styles Make Fights um, did your shorts, and I guess 
the 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 uh, they're too stretchy to wear in the cage. He's gonna get pants. He's gonna get pants. So he's not gonna be able to wear them. Uh, so we're gonna have to get them to make you another pair that you know uh, won't be showing your backside to the crowd. Um, yeah, yeah, they're awesome shorts though. I mean, they look sick, <laughs> but they're the the boxing style kind mm-hmm. with the uh, with the um, elasticity around the waist. So yeah, I was definitely mm. panting myself. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> these are not gonna work. He's standing there panting but, um, himself in the mirror. That wife, could be his wife. Like, uh, this is gonna be too easy for him to just you know pull my shorts down. So luckily, uh, you know, I brought because um, they were gonna mail a man to us at the hotel. I brought my my um, fight shorts that I wore on my last fight, so I was like, just in case if anything it's happens, always if they don't make it here on time. Uh, yeah, always. No, it's... so yeah, we we got that done, and we'll we'll be wearing those out for. Uh, they're my Trident Trident shorts, and uh, have their sponsors other, other than the um, Style Mix fights and um, Koa Combat, uh, who also sponsored me. Um, make sure to them, shout out your shout sponsors out right now. now. Yeah, give 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 a shout yeah. out to your big sponsors. Just because Yeah, Core Combat, um, you know, they're they're like a, another um cryptocurrency that's coming out for fighters. And uh, yeah, they're doing they're doing really well and it's growing, so I'm definitely gonna keep it and not sell it. <laughs> I like that. Now I have to ask I have to ask you this. Your fights tonight. Uh-huh. Are you nervous? What are the nerves no, like before no. a fight? Really? Jared's a little girl before no, his I... fights. See, Fernando's not nervous. <laughs> I've been fighting for, I'm 29 and 19 though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been doing it a long time. I just, there's always some kind of nerves, but not not to the point where it affects me. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good to go. And, you know, we did everything. I think the the main thing of on that is I know exactly what I did for training. And I know I'm ready. And uh, so... We're both going to go out there and scrap it out, but I know I'm confident in what I put in the I put in the work for sure. So I made the weight cut easy, and and we made the we made the camp easier. So we're going to definitely get out there and, and put on a good show for for the fans. A quick shout out to Stratosphere for putting up Fernando's guys, and thank you to uh, Flatback Black for sponsoring Fernando. Just FYI. Definitely, um, definitely, you took care of me on the on the rooms and. Um, you know, we're at the stratosphere, so it's, it's going to be cool to get up there and just check out the view after the fight. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, getting in there and the scrap first, you know, get that, that victory. Well, that's more important. Get my that's hand that's more important. Now, oh, yeah. Who's your dream fight? If you could fight anyone. Well, my dream fight now would probably be Kamar Usman. Uh, I love, you know, I'm a welterweight, I fight at middleweight, but. Um, for the smaller shows, it just gives people more of an incentive to want to fight me. But, uh, the bigger shows, I'm definitely 170. Um, so I want to, I want to be able to get that UFC title at, at some point in my career. And, uh, right now he's the one who holds the title. So that's who I want. And, um, but my main, my main thing is to one day just be able to be in the UFC hall of fame and, uh, you know, be immortalized in that in that way for for the combat and and the things that I've been working towards for for 19 years now. So if I ever get a chance and, and put on those shows, and I'm praying I get into the the UFC Hall of Fame. What was starting out like for you? Do, if, for instance, what what was the first shows like? What was it like training for the first time? Just for the viewers who may have never done this before. 
Um, you know, I was training under Chris Brennan. Uh, he was a legend in his time as well. He was ridiculous with his jujitsu. Um, he helped me out like tremendously on the game, you know, like learning and, and how to cut the weight. And, you know, over the years, I kind of steered away from it. And so it messed me up, but definitely went back to, to my roots on this one. And, uh, everything worked out just, just great. Um, but in the beginning, it was, uh, I think it was more the same, same thing. You know, I grew up watching boxing, Julio Cesar Chavez and, and so my first, my first thing was to become a world champion, uh, for the organizations that I was fighting for. So I was able to do that. You know, I was a gladiator champion, uh, at 205 and, and, um, 185. And then, um, uh, King of the Cage or 170. And then, um, King of the Cage, I was fighting for them. I should have had that title. It, it was, uh, against Omar Love, um, the day, of the fight, they made it non-title because I had just signed with the WEC. Uh, I was fighting for both promotions, but I signed a contract with them. And so they made my title fight a non-title fight. And I went out there, I dominated, got the win, but didn't get the belt. So that would have been three world titles there. I got a, That's one a of my move. all-time That's a move. How can things. they do that? Sorry, I'm getting all pissy. I don't know. No, I did, you know, it happens. I guess they just didn't want to have to deal with uh, sharing their champion with another champ, you know, another, another organization. So it just I, sounds at the like time, Faber was, was a title holder in both uh, gladiator and King of the cage. So I ended up, sorry, WEC. So I was like, well, Uriah's doing it. Like, why wouldn't I be able to do it? And they're like, well, that's kind of the reason, you know, we, we butt heads because they want them on this date, you know, so they didn't want to go through that shit again, I guess. So they made my non-title. And uh, I wasn't able to get that belt. It was a beautiful belt too, so I still want it. <laughs> oh, they're dicks! But um, why don't you call yeah, like why? Why? Oh, you need to demand that belt. Like you won the fight, you need to demand to be recognized. Yeah. Bastards! Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, I definitely felt that I should have at least received the belt, even if they weren't going to allow me to defend it. You know? Yeah, just give it to you, and then you can vacate it. Yeah. It, it happens all the time. That was just and that then, was. Cool. Uh, my my other one that that you know like basically is the dear to my heart one is um, you know growing up watching boxing Julio Cesar Chavez they had the WBC green belt you know that green belt was like the one you know so um, I was able to compete in Muay Thai for the WBC national title and uh, against Cowboy Harris uh, at Pachanga. And I was, you know, nothing was going to stop me on that fight. My boy Isaiah Alvarado, Sam Galicchio, my brother, they, they were all uh, there to watch me, help me get ready for the fight. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a beautiful fight. I was able to catch him um, in the second round. I put him down. The, the you know, ref waved it off. He, was, he wasn't able to continue. And I, I was able to win my belt, my green belt. So, no, those those were some of the things that I felt, you know, I was dear to my heart to get those world titles. I I got that accomplished, and my last final frontier and my, my what I want right now is to be able to compete in the UFC, get that title, or at least be in the UFC Hall of Fame for for one of the sickest fights you know ever put on. So that's like my that. goal, and that's what I definitely want to do. 
We'll have you know, to reach got, out to the Osage. Oh, absolutely. And I got to tell you, man, the way you manifest your dreams and the way you put your uh, your goals into play and make it happen, there's absolutely no way, no way you're not going to get in the UFC. I agree with that. Guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with the one, the only, Menifee Maniac, Fernando Gonzalez. He is fighting tonight. UFC Fight Pass, 8 p.m. Watch him. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, Bear Fiora. We'll be right back after these messages. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time follow the voice america variety channel on twitter our hosts always have something to say and we know that you do too we tweet on today's hot topics and you're welcome to follow us speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the second baddest guy on the, uh, well, third, if you include me. So the third baddest guy on on this radio You're show today. Yeah, okay. Third, so you can be the second baddest guy then. Second baddest guy on the show, Bear Fiora. And, of course, the one, the only Menifee maniac, one of my favorite people, Fernando Gonzalez. And we are talking about all things Hollywood, all things MMA. Fernando, before the break, we were talking about um, the guy that just got arrested for shooting the father of the guy that molested his son. No, he's not his son that we're aware of. They've not released that detail yet. Okay, well, that seems to be what it is when in all the press I was reading. Uh, So anyways, uh, for anyone's references, we're talking about Cain Velasquez's attempt at murder charge uh, just earlier this week. He was, I, I didn't say his name because for a minute I thought his name was Shane Velasquez and I wasn't sure I was right, so I just stopped. No, it is Kane Velasquez. Kane Velasquez, but, that's um, it. Anyways, earlier this week he was picked up for attempted murder by shooting the stepdad of a pedophile who was assaulting a close relative of his. 
He should have shot the pedophile. Should have. All right, Fernando, we're yeah. going to ask, this is really hot in the news right now. What do you think about this? Because this is someone in your community, the MMA community. Um, you know, I, it's, it's hard to say, but at the same time, if it was a family member of mine, and especially when all this stuff starts playing through your head, you're going to go crazy knowing yeah. that somebody did that to to a family or, or your own kid. Your kid, yeah. And uh, so for me, I don't see him being in the wrong. Um, I think, like, of course, he should have, you know, shot and killed the one that did it. But they were driving away and trying to get away, you know. Um, so it's like you're either going to face your challenge of what you did or you're you're the one really putting people in danger. You're gonna get dealt with regardless. So it's either you sit your ass there and take your punishment like a man, or you're the one putting people in danger. So I feel the one that should be charged is the one, the pedophile. For he's the one who put people in danger because he ran like a little bitch. And so I know Cain Velasquez. He went fucking nuts, just like anybody else would. And my opinion is. It was not him who put the person in danger. It was the, the pedophile who did his fucking disgusting, dirty shit and tried to get away with it. I can go so one step I'm further. I'm not sure I'd, who was driving. I'd say yeah. the judge for letting this guy out. Like, I think the judge caused this. Yeah. That man should have been kept in jail. Oh, for sure. Because that would have kept but, him one. But they definitely so- did that on purpose, knowing that he's more likely going to react away and they're, they're going to yeah, make some money off of it. They're going to get yeah. the press that they need to yeah. to take away guns from everybody. You know what I mean? It's more more going to be going towards that route. This is why we need to get rid of guns shit instead of what, you know, it should be about, which is the pedophile who did his nasty shit. And instead of being a man about it, he ran like a little bitch and, and put people's lives in danger. Well, certainly, certainly the pedophile should have taken that bullet. And I hope to God he gets something at least comparable uh, so you guys are both on like shoot the pedophile side. Yeah, that is far too quick a death in my opinion. That is far too quick a death. Like you guys are making it too easy on him. Blow his nuts off then. Yes, <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm, good. I'm just saying like yeah. you got like I hear you guys and like you guys are always like shoot him. I'm like no, there are much better ways yeah. to make people yeah. suffer. I'm He's just just saying. an instant eunuch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. castrate him and take off his arms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Amputate the arms. You're, you're not touching shit anymore. Amputate the arms. Yeah. I can see. I can see that. I don't I, know. There's a whole movement right now. They want. Um, there's a whole movement. Uh, oh a group right, of they're pedophiles. trying to. So the the pedophile community. I think this is back when LGBTQ was a big a big they're fuss still back pushing. 2014 15. Yeah. They were trying yeah. to make themselves a part of that community. LG... They're like we're marginalized sexuality too, and the gay and lesbian community were like fuck off. Like, you are not yeah. part of us. You're making us appear like pedophiles. <laughs> like, fuck off. We don't want anything to do with you. But they're trying right yeah. now to get rights as a protected group. Pedophiles nah, are trying know. to get rights. Like, no, it's it's insane. They tried it in Switzerland, who is like, everyone live the way you want. And Switzerland's like, um, piss off. No. It's, it's just, it's not happening. What do you think about what's yeah, going I on? Mean, Ooh, sorry. They should be able to fuck with each other then. You know, why are you going to go mess with people that, you know, little kids and all that? It's like, you guys are that? <laughs> Do it to yourselves. Like, what the hell? Fucking weirdos? Yeah. 
Well, I think it's I think it's a deficiency. They're saying like their argument in their brain is that they they are uh, chemically programmed that way. And a bunch of doctors came forward and they're like, no, we can read the brain, like we can read scans of trans people yeah. and gay people and lesbians, and we can see a chemical and psychological difference. There is no difference with you. You're just an asshole. Well, we just uh, frontal lobe lobotomy. That's yeah. I, I I'm definitely. Not a fan of pedophiles. Like, if you're going to ruin someone's life, don't make it a kid's. Hmm. I'm just saying. Uh, no, if we were to... Speaking of ruining kids' lives, oh, okay. what's going on in the Ukraine right now Oh yeah. is insane. Um, what do you think of all the fighters that are going back? Uh, yeah, there are a there bunch are of, of them who MMA are and UFC fighters. They're dropping the ability to compete in the UFC. One of them, uh, Ihor, I can't, Pantaria, Pandaria, went over there to fight on, on the Ukrainian border. He just gave up his he gave up his oh, yeah. UFC contract. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, obviously they have family there, you know, so mm -hmm. if they have their families out there. They're, you know, they're not willing to risk uh, by them not jumping in and fighting to uh, to let their families kind of you know get destroyed or get killed, you know. So, you know, that's a, that's honorable. That's uh, that's definitely a freaking ballsy ballsy move you know you're you're going up against a power cell that's that's you know very difficult it's, to probably beat it's it's russia and, they're uh, especially they're yeah you know they're, they're they're not the you know they're not as armed as russia you know so yeah. they actually stay away from wars as much as much as they possibly could so it's not like they're training for that shit like every day day in and day out like how the you know russia mm. does more likely Yep. And, um, yeah, so the, these guys that are going in there and putting their, their necks on their line, are, it's an honorable thing because, you know, they're obviously trying to do it for to make sure their families are safe, their country is safe. And um, amongst all the all the other people that are there, the kids, like, you know, everybody that's, that's having to see and, and witness these wars, it's going to it's gonna fuck them up. You know what I mean? Mentally, oh, yeah. It's gonna mess them up for for life, you know. And uh, I don't think uh, anybody or, or or anybody has that right to do that to to anyone. I think what I find really interesting here uh, is, you know, everyone always talked about like how tough people were coming out of Dagestan or Russia. But I think the I'm afraid of the Ukrainians now. Like you have grandmothers walking over to these Russian soldiers. One lady walked over, handed this guy sunflower seeds. She told him to put it in her his pocket so that when he dies in, on Ukrainian soil, he at least blooms flowers. That's like this is like a, an old that's Russian, some, an, an old Ukrainian lady. Right there. there are other Ukrainian ladies wow. who are standing there cursing these guys. I don't mean cursing they're at making Molotov cursing. Cocktails. Yep, they're, they're making Molotov cocktails. And cursing their families for generations, like they they believe in, you know, w essentially witchcraft, yeah. and they're explaining they're cursing their families for generation while making Molotov cocktails. There are little gray-haired old grandmothers making Molotov cocktails. Uh, I am now afraid of all Ukrainians. Just so far taken aback by that. <laughs> <laughs> like there is videos of like a little old lady's knitting circles. They've gotten together to knit to to make the uh, the the nets that go over the artillery things to hide them. So that they can't be seen from the air, <laughs> like they're hiding the anti anti aircraft uh, yeah, weaponry. They're, 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 everyone's everyone's pitching in during this time. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I mean, gonna take. How could you not? You know, yeah. 
Well, that, that's just it. I think anyone would do it. I'm going to swing a little hard into left field here, drive us back a little more towards the fighting stuff. Yeah. Fernando, I the, get, You mean the, more, yeah. the, entertaining, the entertaining fighting stuff. stuff. I not get the depressing, questions yeah. every day when it comes to fighting uh, and all varieties, but what do you think is probably the best form of self-defense out there? Be it MMA, maybe there's specifics you have, have an idea 45 on. Smith and Wesson. Yourself, 45 Smith and Wesson. If you had an opinion on how to protect yourself in the streets, <laughs> what would you do? Uh, well, I'm a striker, but definitely the wrestling, you know, um, even growing up striking, uh, where I grew up from or grew up at in Manatee, California, we had Temecula, Marietta. These were all like solid wrestling based areas. So I was actually doing MMA fighting before there was MMA. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had to learn how to, how to fight on the ground and, um, how to scramble back to my feet. So I was definitely out of my element. Like everybody knows how to strike on their hand standing, but once you're on the ground, it's a whole different story. So I would say the strongest base for MMA style fighting is wrestling. And then from there, you know, obviously mix in everything else. But um, if you have that strong base, you're going to be a, a solid fighter. And, you know, I'm going to continue on that as well. You're one of the rare people, and I mean this when I say it, that can actually pull off a high-level striking and a high-level grappling. Uh, very few people are on par where they can do both at the same time. You know, What was your, your methodology? What's your secret to doing that? Like I said, I, I you know, I grew up fighting MMA before there was MMA. Like, I didn't know it was MMA. That's why I got into it because that's – you know, I was street fighting. I just knew that's what it was. I, I had a solid boxing background growing up boxing. But once we got into like middle school, high school, these kids knew how to wrestle, you know? So all of a sudden I'm getting taken down. I'm like in the air and I'm kind of like, uh, this is bad. You know, <laughs> I'm like floating in the air and I'm like, Oh shit, I better learn how to defend myself from this, you know? And, uh, I just, I just kind of learned how to go with certain things. Um, so once MMA came out, it was like, this is a sport. Like, this is the shit that I've been doing like all my life, you know, this is a street fight. <laughs> so for me, it just made it a lot more easier to just know, get good at everything and, and, uh, be well-rounded, you know, and obviously martial arts is, is huge and, and a part of me basically. Uh, and, uh, my, one of my cousins, he was a big Bruce Lee fan you know and so he was like the one i would look up to and um so you know knowing that I, I it was like you know free yourself of any kind of style it's every style there if there's a style it's you you have a blockage you know so it's just freestyle everything's just open do whatever whatever is going to work in that fight striking ground everything so that's how i i um my mental side was always open and never shut off to to grappling, never shut off to any of that because I knew at some point there's going to be somebody that's just going to be a badass or better than me, and, and I better know how to defend myself properly. And, um, you know, thank God I haven't met too many. <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, I've been training for many, many years, and I think I've, I've developed a really good game and um, being able to afford off any one of those styles. I can absolutely agree with that. Especially when we train, I always feel like I have an edge somewhere and then I get reminded that I don't. 
You have never had an edge with Fernando. He bounces you like a basketball. Like it's just not. It's just not fair. Some days because like we're going. Let's say we're just striking or sparring for anyone who uh anyone who doesn't know. We train over Dan Henderson's Athletic Fitness Center, and whenever we spar, I'm like, I feel like I'm doing good in the striking. I'm hanging in there, and then I like I catch him by accident with something, and then he turns it up, and I'm just not ready for that next level yet. <laughs> And then and then I just go from like my feet are I'm planted on the ground and then I'm flying for a couple seconds. Uh, it, it, it doesn't always make sense to me. Well, that's that's one. One of the questions we get a lot on the show and we got last time you're on here is uh, what is the funniest thing you've ever ha- seen happen to someone in the cage? Oh, shit. All right. So it was I, I don't know if it was like funny, but it was more like, oh, shit, that was sick. Yeah. Okay. I was uh, just starting in King of the Cage, um, and I was at the show, and it was uh, Dwayne Bang Ludwig was fighting Shad Smith. And so Dwayne starts unloading, just kickboxing, boom, 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 head kicks, all this shit, right? So as he's letting it letting it go and Shad's against the, the cage, he backs up, starts skipping backwards on one foot like the karate kid doing the crane like scooting back in the crane position comes back and starts letting his hands go again so in the middle of him beating the shit out of him he goes into the crane position scoots back and it just looks sick it was one of the sickest shit i've ever seen in in the middle of a scrap so i was like oh that's, shit that's a strong uh, taunt right was, there that's a strong way of showing oh that God, oh that shit I, was i'm so, cool. so much better than you yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. I Have was like, ever... and then the crane. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows the Karate Kid, so I was like, dude, that shit was badass. Comes back, lets it go again, and finished them. You know, so it was a, it was definitely a one of the moments that I always remember mentally. Like, oh shit, this dude was is crazy. You know, but uh, that was probably one of the the coolest things I've ever seen in a fight. He, he like so he full on did the Karate Kid crane. Just like right in the, the and crane, it worked. Yeah, like he, well, the other guy was like getting pummeled against the the cage. So when he like let off and scooted back, he was like coming to like oh shit, like the barrage is over. And then he looks up and then he's rushing him again with another bunch of strikes and kicks and shit. And it was it was sick. It was That's beautiful. Amazing. Wow, what a hell of a way to win and and lose for that matter. <laughs> Like, well, it's that's yeah. the thing. I hate to say it. Like, as long as you're part of an epic fight, like, preferably you'd want to be the winner. Oh. I'm just saying. But, yeah. like... Is that Dwayne Ludwig, like, TJ's coach's uh, Dwayne Ludwig? Yeah, yeah. That's the same. So we started around the same time. He's, he's already in, like, maybe a year or two uh, in King of the Cage when, when I started. Makes sense. Got it. Because yeah, I only ever knew him as a coach. I actually never knew the man competed. Uh, not that I look very hard to find out. Yeah, I, don't yeah, most I do, people yeah. that that coach compete? I, like it would be really hard to be like, look, I'm going to be your MMA coach. What do you do? Uh, I, you know, you, you'd be surprised. Sad, be surprised. Sadly enough, there's a lot of coaches that are like that. Really? They just never competed in MMA. Oh yeah, there's a lot. Then, then how can they but, teach you to compete? Exactly. That's that's <laughs> kind of the <laughs> the issues I think people run into with. Uh, with the MMA and some of the MMA coaching that, uh, you know, it's like, look, I know they have specific, uh, um, style, but it's like some of that stuff you can't really use in the, in, in the MMA match. You know, it has to be a little bit, 
you know, at least at least to where you understand that there's certain movements that you just can't do that's going to put you in danger in an MMA match. Uh, if it's just boxing, if it's just kickboxing, that's different because those are, you know, you're not worried about the takedown. You're not worried about other, other things um, like you are in MMA, but certain, some of those moves you just can't do in MMA. And, um, you know, they, I know a lot of people have that argument with their coaches or they go through it, you know, and it's, they're trying to be respectful and not be disrespectful to the coach. But, you know, sometimes they, they, I think coach, some of the coaches that have not competed in MMA, they have to be open-minded to know that, it's not just going to work the way they, they want unless they've, they've competed and understand that, you know, but it doesn't always work out that way. Some are great at it and some are not. So it's just can... uh, the, you know, MMA is still an open, um, it's still a new sport in a sense. It's been around for a while now, but not, not long enough where these coaches, you know, they haven't realized that yet. I got to say like the martial arts community is really culty. No offense. I, I know, Jared, you do the Taekwondo thing. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. it's really culty. Like, it, the, the, no, like... it is culty. I'll tell you right now, I still do the culty shit on occasion. Like, I have my students line up. Oh. They all bow to me. We all <laughs> shake hands. We're all sir and ma'am. We, we sit down and we, and we do our little uh, ceremonies whenever there's a belt rank, whenever I'm testing students. It's... I, I, I just, I'm like, what is it? I'm, I recognize the problem, <laughs> but I also know that yeah. there's a large part of it that's kind of important. The camaraderie, the respect, the, yeah. the fellowship, the there discipline. are things you get. Yeah. The discipline, there are things you get out of it too. So it's like, okay, I mean, I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid, but I'm going to show up to the meetings and I'm going to help, <laughs> I'm going to help run them. So it's not as bad. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, what is it? Ta so Taekwondo is culty, but yours is a little less it's culty. It's a little less. Hey, Fernando. In MMA and in the cage, yeah. you got we're discussing things that can and cannot work. There are just tons of rules compared to what it was when it first started out. Do you have a rule or a regulation that you think we could just axe right off the table? Doesn't it? You can should be legal in the cage. That it shouldn't be legal. It should be. Uh, oh, Something that is currently legal. Um, yeah, you can't. Uh, I would, no, I mean, everything's pretty, pretty regulated the right way. The only thing that I would say that should not be in MMA is the knee stomps. People stomping yeah. the knee is mm. the stupidest shit that I've ever seen them actually approve because that's yeah. not an injury. That's just for that time. It's going to be a lifelong injury. Even mm. after they're done fighting, you know, that, that's something that I think should be banned from any, any fight. Knee stomps, if you're in a, in a competition, that should be illegal. That's the only thing that I would say. Pretty much everything else is, is pretty on point. You know, you, hands on the ground, you can't knee them in the face or whatever. I mean, I get that. Those are rules that, that help. Um, there's obviously shows that allow it. So if, if you want to do it, you have, an, you have an opportunity to go try to fight in that other show. You know, so <clears throat> everything <laughs> I think is pretty... Uh, close as, as far as regulations but the knee stomps is is by far the stupidest shit i've ever seen be approved I, for mma i, I can see that fighting. i could totally I can see get that. that well i was gonna say the one i would have said was the stupidest was the uh in like wyoming if you get hit in the crotch and they hit you so hard you can't come in they automatically win like, oh I my god yeah wyoming doesn't have a have a standard for um disqualification via groin shot so so it just states that if your opponent after the five minutes cannot recover 
you win by TKO. Now, that being said, I would have said that was the worst. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Fernando here instead. That knee thing, like your your dangles, they'll get better. They'll that get better. knee is done for yeah, life. It's forever. Like that's that's horrible. Yeah. I didn't even I, I don't know yeah. much about MMA, let's be honest, but I didn't realize you can stomp on someone's knee. Like oh, yeah. that's and they, they call it uh a teep to the to the quad or whatever. But they're clearly targeting the knee. Yeah, it's clear. It's they're not going for no quad or it's, it's they're targeting the knee. You know, and, yeah. um, I think that's the worst thing uh, that's in MMA still right now, and uh, that should definitely be banned as soon as possible. I, I think that's the worst thing that that they've al- allowed to to continue. Yeah, the the ability to take out a joint and destroy someone for life is probably not a good thing in a sport. No, it's not even good for your yeah. fighter's longevity. Yeah, it's, it's you're, not. You're ruining your it's own not a good investment. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's like yeah, cutting it's out not, from, yeah. from a selfish. You're ruining a fighter and you're ruining ruining them for life, probably. Yeah, you are. Uh, but companies don't usually care about this, so I'm going to reframe this. All MMA companies, you're destroying your own investment. See, if they get injured, they can't keep making you money. So ban it so they can make you money. I'm going to take it from yeah. that angle, <laughs> like, because you know yeah. they're going to turn around and be like, eh, it's not my knee, <laughs> like. Yeah, Terrible I mean, I'm really realistically. I mean, look at um, John Jones uh, versus uh, what is it? The Brazilian kid, Mojera, mm-hmm. um, Tiago Santos, I think um, they fought and Tiago was a beast. He would brush in, throw in slinging bombs. And and uh, Jones has just started stomping the shit out of both his knees. And that he's never it. been the same fighter since, you know, he's still has come back a little bit, but not nearly to what he was. You know, the fear of rushing in and these guys stomping on your knee, it, it totally diminished the style of fight that he would, would put out, you know, and, and he, you know, that has happened over, you know, other fighters. Um, I think was it Khalil Roundtree just stomped somebody's knee out just recently, not, not too many uh, fights ago. And I don't see that guy coming back anytime soon with the, uh, the same fire that he had it's there's that shit's just going to play in your head knowing that if they go for my knee like that you know That's it's going to ruin your career i mean if it already hasn't already so it's one of those things i just don't see any benefit um maybe that guy got the win for that night but like you said these the promoters are losing fighters that way and yep. they're ne- they're never going to be the same fighter again I figure if we can't sell it to them on the grounds of what they're doing is terrible for the fighter, let's sell it to them on money grounds. Maybe they'll listen. Um, Guys, we have about one minute left of the show. I want you all to go get UFC Fight Pass. I want you to watch Fernando Gonzalez, the Menifee Maniac, tonight. He is headlining the show. I'm very, very excited by this. I know he's going to win. He is amazing. I've been watching him train. Bear's not allowed to say anything at all. No, seriously. I'm not (laughs) going to pick a winner, but here's something interesting. All you need is a cell phone, Wi-Fi, and 10 bucks. That's all you need. If you don't have Wi-Fi, go to a Starbucks. You don't have a phone, mm. steal it from your best friend. If you don't have 10 bucks, you can take your best friend's wallet while you're at it. <laughs> 10 bucks, buy the UFC Fight Pass, watch this fight tonight at 8. Five, three hours from now. Go check him out. I'd like to remind everyone, follow the Menifee Maniac on all social media. Follow TuneIn BTS for updates on the show and to watch us 24 hours a day live and see what's going on behind here. And of course, at Bear Fiora. He's always around. Thank you guys for joining us on Behind the Scenes. Watch Fernando tonight. Good night.
Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.